Hey ladies and gentlemen, this is David Benjamin, the host of the Healthy, Wild, and Free podcast. Today we have a very special guest on the show who actually grew up in Quito, Ecuador, and is now living in San Francisco, California. Her name is Salome Torres. She's a certified Brennan healing science practitioner and a holistic nutrition coach that offers a unique blend of healing methods and detox plants that help her clients to be happier and have a sense of purpose in their life. Her healings are designed to increase an overall sense of well-being, induce relaxation, and clear the mind, as well as decrease pain, improve relationships, and sleep better. She's a David Wolf certified raw nutritionist, and she's also an Institute for Integrative Nutrition Health Coach as well. Salome Torres, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks. And you? I'm doing really well. Thank you for asking. I wanted to start the show with uh, really a question that I ask everyone I have on the show because I always find this answer to be interesting. And that question is, how did you initially uh, become passionate and interested in the whole world of health, holistic health, nutrition, detox, and kind of alternative living, if you will? Sure. Um, since I was little, I was always interested in holistic stuff or things related with intuition. Uh, so I started learning healing in Ecuador with a teacher. And then once I moved to the U.S., uh, I wanted to lose weight. So my first health website um, was uh, Dr. Mercola. And I became really passionate about foods and what they do for your body. And then that's when I started Integrated Nutrition. Very cool. So that so you started just simply in your own journey. You just thought, I want to lose weight. So you just started learning on your own. Yes. And I got a juicer. That was my first step. <laughs> ah, very cool. Do you, you still juice today, I take it? Yes, I love it. <laughs> very cool. Awesome. So, so in your work with your clients that you do now, um, what, I mean, you're a nutritionist, you're, you're an a, a, a energy healer, uh, a nutritionist, and you have a few different books that we'll talk about later in the interview with different health recipes and things like that. Um, but you really, you've really done a lot, and you really have a, a wide range of of health and healing uh, knowledge and, and uh, experience now. So what exactly do you do with your clients and how do you help them improve their health? Like if I were to come to you looking to improve my health, what would what would that relationship kind of look like? Well, I usually blend everything I know. Uh, I know that for some people they really need to drink more water or to start juicing or to just eat healthier. Uh, but other people it's more emotional so when it's more emotional, I do more energy healing, and when it's more physical, then I just help them find something that they can actually do, and it's not going to be overwhelming for them, and they can work through it little by little. So one of the things I like to do the most is to teach them about food cravings, to teach them that the food they crave is usually the food they just ate and that once they start eating more vegetables, more fruits, their taste buds will feel more and they'll not need to use those foods that are so intense that are actually designed for us to be addicted to. Mm -hmm. And another thing um, I like to teach them is about water because usually when we have food cravings because we are thirsty and really? yeah our body 
the way our body works is that if you don't drink enough water, the way the body responds is by suppressing thirst. So then you don't even know that you're thirsty. And then you think you're hungry. So the first thing people have to do is to drink more water. So is that kind of whenever you're hungry or just when you're having food cravings or both that you should just make sure to drink water first? Yeah, if you feel hungry or have a craving, you can drink two glasses of water and wait for 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And if the craving disappears, it's because you needed water. And if the craving is still there, then you need some sort of food. It's not usually necessarily the food that you're craving. Like you can, you can eat food that has the same nutrients and just choose a different kind. Right. You know, like find different options. Mm -hmm. Do you find that, and this is something that I noticed in my life, and, and maybe you've noticed this with your clients, it seems like some of the cravings that I have for different foods contain some of the, the minerals and vitamins and, and uh, nutrition that I am deficient in or have been deficient in, and my body just knows, like, this is what I should eat. So do you, do you, how do you kind of help your clients discern from, you know, okay, that's, you know, that's definitely a craving that's not good or that's a craving that, you know, that you actually kind of need, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think all cravings are useful. Um, they can be nutrition-wise or they can be emotion-wise. Like, for example, chocolate <laughs> could be because your body needs magnesium. Right. Good for the heart, or it could be that you actually need love, so it's like you get comfort or the feeling of love through the chocolate, mm -hmm. you know? So every time I work with someone, I always invite them to Google what they crave and see the meaning, see the options, and then make a choice, you know? But, but if, you're, if, if, if you're in the store and you feel a food that calls you, like, it's like, pick me, pick me. <laughs> then Little hands jumping off the shelf <laughs> and everything, like, hey, over here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> then that's a good sign, because mm -hmm. usually that's what you need. Right. And sometimes it could just be the colors, you know, the colors. Maybe your body needs uh, color. Right. Maybe, you know, for example, green is clean. Green detoxifies you. Or... You can do white for longevity and and stuff like that. So it also you can also relate it with colors. Right, just getting getting eating the the full range of the color in your in your diet. Um, interesting. That emotional cravings thing is pretty interesting. Is that is that something you kind of see a lot of? And that it is interesting too because I, I'm sure as you know, magnesium deficiencies are very prominent, especially in America. I think it's like 80% of Americans yeah. are deficient in magnesium. And I love dark chocolate, but maybe it's <laughs> maybe maybe it's magnesium and maybe it's like a comforting, loving kind of thing for my heart, if you will. So do you, do you find that people kind of emotionally crave foods? And are there any, and that's, I, lo I love that perspective. Do you think there are any other foods that are emotional craving maybe for something else? Like, Maybe or for the heart too, but maybe for the brain or for um, you know something like that, where there's an emotional craving um, that 
it affects people either negatively or positively, but it's still an emotional-based craving. Emotional-based. Well, crunchy foods, I've seen a lot of people that crave crunchy foods, and it's usually because they're angry and they haven't expressed it, and so they need something, you right. know, to, to bite right. them. Right. So Captain yeah. Crunch shows up and he's like, hey, I'm Captain Crunch. Gotcha. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. That's it. So, so wow, this is, this is really interesting. So that's another good point. So you're saying that the, the physical you know, aspect of the crunching, of the chewing, is something that they kind of need to express and then they can have a food or a craving for something crunchy just to kind of, you know, really crunch and chew with their jaw and for it to be, you know, for them to kind of crave that or get rid of that craving physically, if you will. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yes. And usually anger gets stuck in the jaw. So you'll see a lot of people hold a lot of anger in the jaw. And the jaw is actually the same shape as the pelvis. And so there's people that have teeth grinding, you know, like when they bite while they sleep. Right. And that's also anger, but it's like unprocessed. So it's like you need to keep moving the jaw because it's stuck there. Right. So in, like in the cases that it's more several, then you just need to help the person express their anger. You know, you can use a butaka, you can help them with pillows, just help them move that energy because anger has a lot of life force. It mm -hmm. takes a lot of energy to hold anger, like it makes you so tired. And once you express it in a safe environment, and without hurting people, then you feel better, you feel more free. Right, interesting. So, okay, so that's a interesting. The, the jaw and the pelvis are shaped the same. They both, they both, you said they both hold anger? Yeah, and they, yeah, they are related because they have the same shape. Uh-huh. No? So, so, so how would someone that is holding anger, and well, first of all, how do we know if we're holding anger? Well, I guess, like you said, the, the grinding, grinding teeth while sleeping is one way. But are there any other ways to know uh, that that someone is, that we are holding anger or that's listening? Sure, there's some ways. Um, my one of my favorite ways is that when you are working with someone, your own body is is the tool that tells you everything that's going on in the other person. So, for example, I have clients, and I didn't know this at the beginning. So I had clients, and as soon as I sat with the client, I felt so angry, and I was like, Oh my God, why am I so angry? And then I realized that I was feeling their anger. Right. So that gave me more clarity to work with them. That's one way. If you see, for example, a person that you can see it in their jaw, like it, it feels really tense. And you can see it also in the facial expression, in their voice. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then obviously I think one thing too would just be I guess if we really look at our own lives, we all probably hold anger to some degree or to some extent just because we've all been angry. We've, we've all had that feeling in our lives and, and that's something that we kind of have to look at ourselves in our own life internally. Um, but it is interesting you show that because when I was a teenager, uh, the dentist would say, 
uh, th that my teeth had like, gr they would say my teeth were grinding when I was sleeping. Uh, and I'm not surprised by that because I, I'm sure I had quite a bit of um, anger and resentment and kind of anger-based energy as a teenager to some degree. And um, that is interesting. So, um, so no, you know, kind of understanding that's definitely one important thing. But if someone has the anger and they want to release that so it's not causing them all that life force energy to be lost in their body and to constantly drain themselves each day, what are some ways that you would recommend someone can start to release anger and let go of it? Well, you can feel the anger, like connect with your own anger and learn like what triggers it and everything. And then once you know that, you can put words. For example, you can say, no, or you can say, give it to me, or like, you know, whatever word comes to you, it's, it's the way you can express it. Mm -hmm. And then um, in the healing school, we do uh, core energetics, um, which is the way we help ourselves with the anger situation. So, for example, we pull, like we get into partners, and we pull a blanket together. You know, so one pushes, one pulls. Or the other way I used to do when I didn't have a partner <laughs> was to take a pillow and hit it in the bed. Mm -hmm. And you just need to make sure you're grounded, like you're feeling your legs and you're letting the anger in, like flow through your body. Like, because most people hold the anger up in the body, but once you ground it, it releases better and it's better for you. Mm-hmm. No. Interesting. So, so physically, it's a, it's a good thing to release anger physically, kind of through almost aggression, would you say, or just expressing it physically to kind of let go of it physically, because that has a lot of physical uh, energy over our life force energy. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and also, I mean, if you go a little bit deeper, you can, you can explore, um, like, what's the root of the anger? What, why, is people, why, why are you so angry about? And because, I mean, we can release anger, but if we don't solve the, you know, the source of it, mm -hmm. we, are, we are always going to have it. Right. So sometimes you need to express anger to, towards your parents, not necessarily with them, like you can do it with a therapist, or like in group, in, when we do group process, someone can become, can take the role of our father, our mother, and then we can express that and learn a new way to relate to them. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, that's a great point. Is It's not only, and that's a very good point too, because I've, I've had multiple people on the podcast now, and uh, a lot of energetic, emotional healing work focuses on, you know, letting go, forgiveness, and all these different types of things, and letting go of the negative, uh, you know, the negative energy, whether it be anger, resentment, guilt, shame, whatever it may be, but like you said, it's very important for you to know what the source of that is, because you can release all the anger, but if it's pouring into your life, and you're pouring it out, it's just gonna, it's just gonna be more anger going through you, and it's not gonna really solve the core, the core issue of, of uh, the anger coming into your life, so... Um, I like that holistic mindset, addressing the root, addressing the root cause, kudos, um, very cool. 
So uh, what other different, and I'm really glad we started talking about this because this is kind of, it's a little bit off topic for the interview, but I, it's perfectly on topic for the podcast. And I, <laughs> I, I really like your perspective on this and you have a lot of uh, unique and interesting perspectives and advice to share with this. Um, so what, understanding that, what other different emotions and things does our body hold and where does our body hold them? Well, for example, if, if we go with the anger, usually under the anger is a feeling, you know, maybe you're really sad and the anger helps you not feel the sadness, right. <laughs> you know. So always, you know, frustration and anger are basically the same thing. And once you feel the anger, you may be able to feel deeper emotions. And in my point of view, we can hold emotions anywhere in our body. Like, if you if you feel into it, you say, okay, how do I feel when I feel angry? Maybe I feel that my shoulders get really tense. Maybe I feel, what do I feel when I get scared? I feel like, for example, I don't feel my legs because I'm scared. Mm-hmm. You know, and sadness. What do I feel when I feel sad? I feel like I want to go in fetal position, cover my heart, and protect it, you know? So it really depends on each person. And I feel like in order to transform, you need to see and know it. So it can be negative emotions that you really need to know. Um, because if we just kind of try to be peace and love, we are not going to transform anything. Right, because that's just, that's just surface level. Yeah. And you can be holding a lot of anger and saying peace and love all you want. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So that's a great point. And, I, and I've heard different kind of, um, I guess, thought processes on this. and. You know, there there are specific areas in the body, like you said, anger kind of is held in the jaw uh, and, and things like that. But, um, you know, we can hold anything anywhere. I think that's a great point because everyone's different. Everyone's unique. Everyone, you know, we all have different uh, genetics and upbringing. And there's so many different factors that we could hold anything anywhere. Um, so what what other what other negative or, or even positive, I mean, I, what emotions that do you find in your work that people are holding on to um, beyond anger that are affecting our health negatively and affecting our life force energy? Um, I think something I find a lot, well, most people want to feel safe and they have a lot of grief, you know, and it's very, you know, you know, I mean, for me, when I work with someone, the deeper I go inside, like, if, if I'm feeling a lot of grief uh, that the person is feeling, the deeper I go into my own grief, it helps the other person feel their own grief, too. Mm-hmm. And I work a lot in the heart. Um, seems like a lot of people have a lot in their heart. Right. You know? Yeah. And sometimes it could be a leg or, or a hand. Like one time I was doing a healing on, on the hands of a friend. And I felt like he just needed support. And I just held his hand for a while and did some healing. And he felt supported. Like he felt like his 
little boy inside finally had something that he needed and then he could start um, healing that and also holding his little boy inside too. Mm. Yeah, the heart, the heart is really interesting and it's something that, you know, in Western uh, medicine, it's kind of seen generally and conventionally as just, you know, the, the, the organ that pumps blood throughout your body. Um, but it's really, it's really a lot more than that, isn't it? I mean, it's, there's so much to it. Yeah, and anytime, anytime you feel very connected with your heart, you feel that you can perceive more from people, you can see more things. Um, I feel like the heart is like a bridge for for increased perception. Mm-hmm. And for example, in Buddhism, they consider that the mind is in the heart. Because, yeah, because I feel like most of the times you get this feeling like in your heart and it's like a knowing or like your your heart feels good when you're with someone or when you're doing something and that's generally a good sign. Mm-hmm. And that's, you feel, you literally feel that with your heart. It's something that, it's a feeling that comes from the heart. And it's interesting that you bring that up too because it's something uh, for me in my life and I've, this is kind of my own personal journey lately, I've put so much information into my head and I've learned so much. I mean, literally everything, you know, from uh, business and internet marketing and blogging and social media is kind of how I started. But then I went on this whole health journey that I've been on for four or five years now, really in depth and into that. And, you know, literally I've probably listened to thousands of hours of interviews and videos and all this kind of stuff. And I put so much information in my head over time. It seemed like everything that I communicated was. And, and kind of operated in my life was above the neck. So it was like my head would interpret information and then my head would spit out information. It was like a, it was everything was up, you know, up there, upstairs. And I'm finding that, and I, f- I found that I'm finding each day more that um, the heart space and living in your heart space and feeling with your heart space is much more valuable than your head space because oftentimes the head space is full of clutter, confusion, um, a lot of uh, thoughts that can lead to um, areas that don't serve your emotional well-being or emotional intelligence, whereas the heart, I think that's where healing occurs. Like you said, I think that's a a very interesting uh, idea from from Buddhism that the mind is in the heart and that um, the the senses are uh, better I guess what what heightened would you say from from the from being in your heart space is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, they are, and also your body too. You know, like as you were saying, that we get really into our heads, and that's part of our culture. And then, and I think it's also when we split from nature, because when you're in nature, you feel more your body. You can breathe. You can relax. Mm-hmm. You don't have to think about checking your phone or, or Facebook or Twitter like right. every five minutes. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> who, who tweeted me in the last thirty seconds? I must find out. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Very true. So on that environment note, nature is definitely something that is, uh, like you said, it, it helps you get into your body and into your heart. 
as opposed to in your head. Are there any things that I, I just feel like you would know something around this because you're brilliant and you have lots of inf interesting information. Is there anything that you would recommend to someone who wants to create a more holistic environment in their home or in their life in general to kind of be more balanced, grounded in their heart and in their heart space? Sure. Well, if they're in their homes, maybe they can get some plants or maybe they can start gardening, um, touching the ground with their hands or with their feet, barefoot. If they have, um, I don't know, if they have like nature around them, go walk barefoot, you know, go for a walk or lay on the grass. Right. So, so bring nature inside or go outside or both, basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. And that's something, it's funny you say that because that's something uh, over the past year year to two, I've been getting more plants in my house and I, I like it more every time I walk into my house because I see the plants, they're relaxing, they're calming, they're grounding and you get that fresh oxygen from them and it, it just helps to create more balance in today's highly technological world. Um, so let's transition a little bit and talk about um, raw foods and uh, I know you do a lot with raw foods. You have all sorts of cool, uh, really delicious, amazing recipes that you post on your blog, on your on your website, salamatorres.com. And then you just recently started doing um, different recipe uh, videos and stuff on YouTube. Um, what what raw foods? What what is what has raw foods and and done for your health and well being in your life? How has it been beneficial to you personally? Well. Um the thing I feel the most about it is that when I eat raw foods, I feel lighter, I feel happier, way more happy, like I'm in a really good mood, I have a lot of energy, I want to keep going, um, and I also feel like my intuition is super sharp when, I, when I'm eating a lot of raw foods. And of course, you know, everything has to be balanced. I, I, I eat a lot of raw foods, but if someday I, I feel cold, I'm going to eat a soup or tea or something, you know, or if I need to get grounded, I'll eat something grounding. Mm -hmm. would, it, would, would that be an example of something grounding? Well, you can eat roots, because mm -hmm. you think about it, the roots are really grounded, are, are like down in the earth, mm -hmm. and the deeper the root goes, the deeper down the root, the more grounding it is. Really? Yeah. That's really interesting, and, and it's wow. That's really cool. So, how do you? Is there any specific roots that are very grounded that you'd recommend? Well, my favorite root is bardock root. Okay. Um, sometimes I I juice it, I cook it too, and when I when I eat that root, maybe it's just for me. I don't know, but I feel my legs, and I feel I feel it, it's good for me. I know that. Interesting. How do you spell that root, just so listeners can look it up? Uh, B-U-R-B-O-C-K. Oh. Burdock. Oh, okay. Burdock. Okay. Gotcha. Very cool. Yeah, it's interesting you share that because that's something, uh, and you're, you know, you're from Ecuador, which part of Ecuador is in the Amazon rainforest, and the whole ecosystem and, and um, environment of the rainforest is so rich and so much plant life. and. One of the interesting things that I really love about that region of the world is that you have trees and plants of all sorts of nature and 50, I think it's over 50% actually now of pharmaceutical drugs 
developed actually come from a plant in the Amazon rainforest, or in a rainforest, but I want to say it's like 30-something percent from the Amazon alone. Um, but you have, you know, roots there that, that are edible, um, and then you have trees, tree bark, tree saps, herbs, plants, and all these different types of, you know, plant foods and wild foods that are close to the sun and have lots of antioxidants, but are, some are close in the earth and have a lot of amino acids and are grounding. Um, so that's, I love that region of the world and I, I hope to uh, definitely visit one day. Have you ever been to the Amazon rainforest by any chance? No, I haven't. Oh, bummer. I'm going to visit soon. <laughs> very cool, very cool. Um, okay, so uh, you, you touched on intuition a bit uh, and we kind of talked about um, cravings earlier. Do you think intuition has anything to, that has something to do with cravings and food at all? Yes, I do. How do you think that plays a role? Well, because, I don't know, sometimes you just wake up and you you feel like you have to eat something specific. Like, for example, one time I was, I never drink black tea. And it was like, black tea, black tea, black tea. I was like, okay. And as soon as I got the black tea, I, I felt it in my blood. I felt it like it strengthened my blood. Mm-hmm. And, and then I was Googling about it, and they were talking that it's good for your cardiovascular system. Mm-hmm. So it, it's very subtle, um, but once, I don't know, I feel like we, we know already, all of us know, we just need to pay attention a little bit more. Right. But listen and quiet the mind. Mm-hmm. Which leads me into the next question, uh, and I want to talk a little bit more about intuition because it's interesting how you talked about the heart and the senses and things like that, and I think that has to probably do with some intuition too, but since we're kind of on um, you know, this topic of listening and, and whatnot, uh, how does meditation play a role in your life and in your health? Well, um, I meditate very often. I feel like it's good to get centered. And meditation, I feel like it improves our health. And it's the time when you can forget about everything and just be with yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, bring you a little bit deeper inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very useful. And so I do meditation sitting. I do meditation in like night practice meditation. And I also do meditation, um, well, we do practices to kind of still be in the space of the meditation during the day. Mm -hmm. For example, you can be in that space and you can have your awareness in between your third eye, like in between the eyebrows and the heart. And just be aware of those two parts while you're in your life. And you can see how things change. For example, when I do it, when I'm cutting something with a knife, I, I do that and I focus on how sharp the knife is. And then you, you will start experiencing life in a different way. Like you, you will start to see things you didn't pay attention to before or something. Interesting. So what's in that scenario, I'm going to start doing that like today, by the way. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what, what, like if... You're just saying by focusing with intent, that has an effect on your your perspective, basically. Yes, because if you if you like, usually we our senses 
can be in different places. Like we can have them out outwardly, like looking what's next and everything, or we can just be centered in the heart and in the sixth chakra. Uh, because the sixth chakra is the chakra of vision, where you can see things. Mm -hmm. So, and then you rest on your heart. So you rest your consciousness in those places that are good for you to rest on. And you operate from them. You move through them. You move from them. Okay, so for that, for that example, if let's say someone wanted to uh, practice that, how, like if you were going to walk someone through kind of like a tutorial almost of seeing through their, well, using their vision in that kind of very focused, very intent way and resting their consciousness in their heart, like you said, how would you advise someone to do that? What would you tell them to do or think or feel to experience that viscerally in their lives? Sure, well, first thing is to relax, you know, come into your body, feel yourself, feel your body, let go of expectations, let go of pressure, let go of wanting to experience something, just be really playful, have fun doing it, and when I say awareness in the sixth chakra and in the heart, I mean, something very peripheral. It's not that you put all your focus there, but it's something that you just, it's awareness, it's something very peripheral. It doesn't have to be too focused, you know? Mm -hmm. And then once you're in that place, you do things from there. You go ahead with your life. And of course you're going to forget at some point of the day, but then you just come back, you know, and you take it easy. And then once you start doing it more often, it's like you will do it more automatically. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes I wake up and I realize that I'm already doing that. Wow, that's really you cool. Know? It's that's like superhuman. This is, <laughs> this is the kind of stuff I want to talk about for the rest of the interview. This is it. <laughs> So, so you notice through through practicing this that you you see more. Basically, you see things that you would normally see, mm -hmm. because and that does make sense. You're coming from your heart space. Your 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 heart space is really, I guess, your it's your intuition. It's what you're feeling, and then you're kind of channeling that consciousness or that energy through your sixth chakra, your visual sense. Uh, a question I do have is what. Other senses, can you use this practice with other senses as well? So, for taste or, 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 or listening to sounds? Oh, yeah. Sounds are really awesome to do. <laughs> you know, like, it's like the sounds are very like fluid, and it's almost like you can receive the sounds through any energy. Uh, or chakra that you have so you can do oh how does it feel from my first chakra or how does it feel from my heart you know like if you're listening to drums that's going to get you into your first chakra into your legs and into your heart because the drums are like the heartbeat mm -hmm. or if you're listening I don't know classical music it will probably connect you with your third chakra third chakra is what again remind me <laughs> The third chakra is more like the mental level. Okay, gotcha. It's not a mental level that's grasping. Right. It's more like just 
like beautiful yellow brilliance. Right, that engages your mind. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. So okay. So so vision. You can use this through vision. You can use this through sound. Um, and this is for someone for and just for for everyone listening that is you know that is doesn't maybe doesn't understand this. Why why is experiencing your senses at such a heightened level valuable? What does that do for you for anyone? Um, I couldn't hear you. What did you say? I just said what for so experiencing your uh, your senses, your vision or your your uh, sound at, at such heightened levels, at such levels that are so you know high. How does that how does that benefit you? Does that help you in your health and well being, or does that help your intuition, or is it kind of is it really help everything? I feel like it helps everything because we came well. I at least I came to this planet to awaken, mm-hmm. and sometimes sometimes we think we are in an ordinary world and everything sucks, and we don't want to relate to anyone or whatever. But once once I started doing these. Sometimes I feel like this is heaven. Like I can really appreciate everything around me when I'm doing that. And I can be happier. I can help more people. Mm-hmm. And everything you do, like your consciousness affects everyone else. So like if, if you're holding this space of awareness, you're, you're also helping other people. Mm-hmm. And because also there's a lot of suffering in the world right now, and it's like the suffering of the world also affects us, you know. So you can actually help the world by awakening. Right, awakening in a dream, literally. Yeah. Because this really is. I mean, kind of the way I say it, it's a dream. I mean, we're in a dream world. I mean, it's funny today. I. I told uh, a friend of mine, I was like, you know, it's weird that out in the front lawn, I look out the window and there's a mushroom, like, I mean, it had to be like, I don't know, seven, eight inches wide in diameter and like five inches tall. And this mushroom showed up overnight. I mean, like, and this has happened multiple times in my front yard. Um, it literally, I mean, th- these things are just, like, we live in a magical planet, we live in an amazing universe, and I live in the city, too, by the way, I don't live, like, out in, you know, in the middle of nowhere, and I kind of wish I did, I want to live in the wild, and, you know, one day I'm sure I will, but, um, it's incredible, we live in this magical dream world, and, uh, to be awake in the dream, and to awaken, ignite, and, uh, have our senses be open in that, I, you're right, it does, it really helps us be more aware and conscious, and, um, I think that's one reason I think your intuition is so strong is because you, you're you're so you're so engaged with your energy, and your chakras internally. But then that awakens your senses externally, or if you are with the external environment, that it allows for um, you know your your ability to heal and help people uh, really really do a great job and, and really be in tune with what they're feeling and help them uh, in the best way possible at that given point in their lives. Um, so thank you for that work. That's really really cool, and thank you for all that um, uh, you know information and advice. Um, you have a few different things that you you know you have uh, as far as um, books are concerned, and I know you you have awesome recipes, and I can't wait to see more of them. Uh, you and my sister and a few other people have like 
some of the best pictures of food that I see online. And I'm like, oh, I'm just, you know, it makes me hungry. And I want to, like, get off the Internet and just go eat something healthy. But, um, <laughs> which is a good thing because it's probably better to be eating something healthy than, you know, getting bombarded by EMFs and uh, <laughs> news of war and terror on via Facebook. But... Um, <laughs> um, what what are the, what are the uh, what are your what are your health books and what are what do they talk about and, and what how can those help people uh, enjoy the deliciousness of health in their own lives? Well, um, we wrote two health books with Nick Meyer. Mm-hmm. The first one is Raw Chocolate Revolution, um, which is actually everything's about raw cacao and when you crave chocolate, how can you make something healthy and delicious? You know, like we use avocados and we make like, for example, chocolate mousse with avocados and raw cacao and honey or, you know, different things like that. And with uh, a cacao company named Joyful Cacao, it's using our book now Mm -hmm. uh, for their customers. And it's awesome because sometimes people buy the raw cacao, but they don't they don't know what to do with it. Right. Yeah. For sure. They just hear it's healthy, and then they're like, "Well, okay, well, what do I do with this <laughs> with the with this powder or these cacao nibs?" I remember the first time I got cacao nibs, I just started eating them, and I was like, "Eh, I don't know about this. It's kind of bitter, and you know, it's like I would rather have a something that was that tasted more, I guess, to, to not use the word conventional, but you know what I mean, like more." chocolatey and the sweeter mm-hmm. sense of the word. Um, so what are the different recipes in, in Raw Chocolate Revolution? What are they more des- like brownies and desserts or is it more as their drinks in there? Like what is it composed of? Yeah, it has drinks. Uh, it has like uh, hot chocolate, chocolate smoothies, latte, chocolate. We have a mate drink too. Oh wow. Um, we have pies. And desserts and brownies. <laughs> so it's a little bit of everything, basically. But yeah, it's like everything, everything you can crave, but the healthy, the healthier version. <laughs> right, and 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 just so everyone knows that's listening, once again, Salome's from Ecuador, where chocolate grows on trees. I mean, that's incredible. I that's so obviously it's not like you know, oh, like this is some person from Canada that you know is like the chocolate, <laughs> you know. No, no disrespect to anyone from Canada, but it's there's a lot of authenticity there, and, and uh, I, you know you're you're really good at what you do, and you really make amazing um, uh, food and presentation, and it just uh, it's incredible. So uh, everyone, uh, make sure to check out Raw Chocolate Revolution on it's on Amazon Kindle. You can read it on your phone, your your iPad, your Kindle reader, your laptop, your your uh, etch a sketch, you know, whatever it may be. Yep. <laughs> um, and uh, actually, it's funny. Nick Meyer, the co-author, is the one that made that up. So I have to give him credit for that because he was joking about uh, apps and, and uh, getting it on your etch a sketch. Uh, that'll be the day. <laughs> um, but okay, so that's that's one of the books. And then you you also have another book with Nick Meyer too. I believe it's is it with Nick or no? Yeah. Yeah, it was with Nick. Uh, yeah. It's called Raw Vegan Radiance. Um, the best smoothie recipes for natural beauty. Very cool. And th- so that's just a, a book of smoothie recipes for radiance and beauty. Yes, that book. Um, I was doing a 30-day smoothie fast, and 
I started to write down the recipes. Oh, okay. So it's That's it's actually so this is you've actually are all the recipes in the book exactly what you did then? Yes, and we also included a detox guide at the end of the book. Wow. So <laughs> so I want to be as beautiful as you. I don't even need your coaching services. I can just go buy the <laughs> I can go buy the smoothie book, and then in thirty days I'll look exactly like you. <laughs> I am so excited now. I'm gonna go get like a brand new blender and everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Okay, awesome. Well, so everyone listening, I will link those books up below the podcast. And I have one final question for you. And this is kind of an open-ended question. It's something that I ask pretty much every guest I have on the show. And I have one final question for her. And Salome, that question is, what are the three recommendations you would give to our listeners that can enhance their health, their well-being, and really just their mind, body, and their spirit in general? And it doesn't have to be health-related or, you know, wellness-related, but just positive practices that you engage in in your own life that you would recommend to others? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is to be happier, do the things that you like to do that makes you feel alive, that makes you feel like it's worth having a life in this planet. And when you do that, you'll probably know what's next. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Do you have two other tips for us that are awesome? I know you have a lot of knowledge. <laughs> well, if you can do a meditation practice and drink a lot of water and raw foods. Mm -hmm. That will add to it as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time in this interview. I really appreciate it. Uh, is there anything else you want to leave with the audience? Uh, maybe uh, let them know your website and your different social media properties online, uh, on Facebook and things like that. Sure. My website is salometorres.com and my Facebook is Facebook slash Health with Salome. Awesome. And the way you say your name is absolutely awesome. It's You have a great accent. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for your time, Salome. It really means a lot. It, your 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 val your value, your insight, your intuition, your knowledge, and all the information you shared uh, on this podcast, I know will help a lot of people. And uh, for everyone listening, please do me a huge favor, and er everyone who's been a guest on the podcast, a huge favor, and go to iTunes and leave a review for this podcast. Tell me which episodes you enjoyed. Um, make sure to uh, share this interview on uh, Facebook, on Twitter. Google Plus, um, email it to your grandmother if she uses email. Uh, just spread this information because this is stuff that um, will really help people and really uh, add value to their lives. So uh, thank you so much for sharing this information and getting the word out and then you know, leaving a review on iTunes, which helps more people hear these episodes and, and get, uh, get this information that, they, that a lot of people desperately need. So thank you so much for your time, Salma. Enjoy the rest of your day. And we will see all of you, all the listeners, in the next episode. All right. Thank you, David. You're welcome. Bye. Bye.